Hi, this is Slomo Ben David, and welcome to this week's episode of Ruminations from Pardes. And this week, it's Rumination 20. When the Bible becomes theology, the tabernacle a mere picture, and works the antithesis of faith, then the ethereal will replace the real. Thus, empty religion is lacking in real faith. There is a real danger that study and contemplation can reduce the scriptures to mere theological positions and intellectual pursuit. When that happens, men and women that lead tend to emphasize the invisible nature of things at the expense of the practical. Such leaders invariably create theological constructs to justify a lack of righteous living in themselves and their followers. The danger is something we should all be wary of. Bringing holiness into our daily lives is one way to combat this intellectual religion, whereby every thought is sanctified by the holy deeds and simple obedience. If you obey the voice of Hashem your God to keep His commandments and His statutes, which are written in this book of the Torah, and if you turn to Hashem your God with all your heart, with all your soul, for this commandment which I command you today is not too mysterious for you, nor is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, Who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it? Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, Who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that you may do it. Deuteronomy thirty ten through fourteen. Think about it, say it, then do it. And I have a few comments of my own to add. That this rumination is probably one of the more mystical ruminations, aside from maybe one or two others that I can recall. But it's important to have a dichotomy between the word ethereal and anthropomorphism, which is commonly used in Kabbalah. It is true that the study of Kabbalah brings a deeper meaning to faith, but I also stress that we cannot have the physical without the spiritual, and we cannot have the spiritual without the physical. Both are interconnected very deeply. To study both is to bring things into proper balance and perspective. So, there is a real, also a real danger that one could be emphasized too much over the other. For as Shlomo HaMelech, may, he's, may he be blessed, said in Proverbs 11 verse 1, a false balance is toiva or detestable to Adonai, but a just weight is his delight. Shalom and welcome to another segment on the episode, Rumination 20, When the Bible Becomes Theology. And I am reading from the commentary Shnei Lukot on Parashah Tetzaveh. Ner Mitzvah, Commandment 99, enjoins the priest to clean and make ready the lamps on the candlestick on a permanent basis. For the Torah says, Aharon and his son shall set it up from evening to morning before the Lord. Exodus twenty seven twenty one. This is what the Talmud calls Hatevet 
Ha-Nerot. Commandment 100 is the requirement of the priests to wear special garments when performing their duties. The Torah says, Make sacred the vestments for Aharon, your brother. Exodus 28.2 Commandment 101 forbids the removal of the breastplate from the ephod. The Torah says, The breastplate shall not come loose from the ephod. Exodus 28.28 28. Commandment 102 forbids tearing up the me'il robe that the high priest is to wear. The Torah says, It shall not tear. Exodus 28.32 Commandment 103 commands the priest to eat part of the flesh of certain offerings, such as various kinds of sin offerings. The Torah says they shall eat of the meat which has served as their atonement. 29.33 Our sages comment on this, that the atonement for the owners of these offerings becomes only complete once the priests who have performed the offering service have eaten from them. Peshachim 59. Commandment 104 commands the priest to offer incense twice a day, daily, for the Torah says on it, Aharon shall burn incense, he shall burn it mornings and at twilight. Exodus 30 verse 7. Commandment 105 prohibits the offering of alien incense, i.e. incense not made of the components and quantities prescribed. The Torah says you must not offer upon it the golden altar, the Mizbeach Keteret, alien incense. Exodus 30, verse 9. or I have explained in my introduction to the eight portions, Shovavim, that this portion deals with the attribute of Hesed, loving kindness. I have already explained at length in Parashat Terumah how the tabernacle was a reenactment of the work of creation, i.e. microcosm, and that it served as man's rehabilitation for the damage to God's universe brought about by Adam's sin. We have also explained that there was a parallel tabernacle in the celestial regions. Aharon, as high priest, symbolized the rehabilitation of man who had become distant from God as a result of Adam's sin. Concerning Aharon, the Torah writes, Ve'atah, Hakariv Aleka et Aharon Akika. As for you, Moshe, bring close Aharon, your brother. Exodus 28, verse 1. Here the Torah expresses a mystical dimension of the verse in Leviticus 16:17. They call Adam Lo Yiye Be Ohel. No man shall be inside the tent. This is a reference to the original Adam. The universe was created under the aegis of Hesed, loving kindness. As we know from Olam Hesed, Yibaneh, the universe was built with loving kindness. Psalm 89 3. Benim Allah. The structure corresponding to the physical universe in the celestial regions contains the secret of the seven days of creation and commences with the emanation Hesed down to the emanation Malkut, i.e. seven emanations. We find that in connection with Aharon, the Torah, in Deuteronomy 33.8, speaks about Tomeka ve Oreka le'ish kasadeka, that Aharon represented the attribute of Hesed. We have explained that three groups of Israelites, i.e. 
the Kohanim, Leviim, and Yisraelim correspond to the three emanations of Hesed, Geburah, and Tiferet, respectively. The original jewelry have been taken from man due to the powerful impact of Adam's sin. At that time, man's original vestments were exchanged from Ketunot, or garments made of light, for Ketunot, Ode, or, and that's spelled with an Ayin, Vav, Resh, which is skin, garments made of hide, Genesis 3.21. The Torah in our portion orders that Ketunot tunics be made for Aharon's sons. Exodus 28.40. Who had to be dressed in sacred vestments. They put on Shemen uh, Mishkat uh, Kodesh, holy anointing oil, on their bodies before they dressed in the sacred vestments. By following this procedure, the priests ceased being Zerim, strangers or outsiders, before putting on garments which could not be worn by non-priests. When Adam became a Zer, outsider, this was due to the pollutant with which the serpent had infected him. It was this pollutant from which he had to be purified. Aharon was the human being through whom this rehabilitation of man was achieved. He had to be separate to sanctify his body. He therefore dressed in the sacred vestments which conferred upon him kavod ve tiferet, the very kind of visible distinction that Adam enjoyed while dressed in garments made of light. The pollutant present in man became of the serpent's infection was converted into something positive by means of the breastplate Aharon roar on his heart. The ineffable name of God was engraved on the stones of the breastplate. The names of the twelve tribes, as well as the names of the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, were engraved between the twelve gemstones set in it. The latter represented Merkava, whereas the former represented the twelve possible ways of arranging the letters of the ineffable name. While Aharon and his sons were thus sanctified, the people were sanctified by restrictions in their diet, as outlined in Leviticus chapter 11. This was parallel to God telling Adam, Gan, in Ganidan, that man was allowed to eat from all the trees in that garden except from the tree of knowledge. Concepts such as uh, uh, Pigul, Notar, and uh, Tamei, uh, various types of disqualifications of sacrificial matter all derived from the tree of knowledge from which Adam ate. Just as the priests were separate in sanctity, their clothing was separate and their food and drink were separate. In order to enable them to eat and drink some of the things that had been sanctified and offered on the altar, the place where such service was performed also had to be separate and sanctified so as to lend an additional level of sanctity to the service they performed. And the rumination segment earlier this week really bears this out, that earthly actions that Isaiah Horowitz is describing here have their counterparts in the heavens. You cannot have the physical without the spiritual. You cannot have the spiritual without the physical. They both work in tandem. And this must be understood in proper balance. It is increasingly important, especially in our day, when things tend to be 
leaning towards the ethereal, or you have many persons in certain religious systems who evoked or emphasize, or overemphasize for that matter, the spiritual or super-spiritualize the service that we are engaged in with Hashem. Uh, Yeshua made this all too clear in many of his sayings, which unfortunately are misunderstood to a great deal, but with proper study, one can derive the proper understanding and what it is to truly serve Hashem and realize and have an awareness of the divine implications of serving Him.